0: Welcome, everyone. This is the Bumcast. I am your host, HBIC, the Head Bum in Charge, along with Baloney and the Southside Bum, and welcoming back for I don't know fourth or fifth time, but we got Mister Rob Schwartz Jr., our Bears insider. He is the editor of Beer Bear. Bear Goddamn, I'm never going to get that right. Bear it happens on. to me all the time. It happens all the time. Uh, Fan side part of Fanside Network and host of the uh, co-host of the Halas Huddle Podcast. Rob,
1: welcome back. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. I think it is number four. So, I am never gonna get. I'm never gonna say beer. See, I did it get- again. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: beer
1: goggles on. I gotta. One of these days, I'm gonna get it right. But yeah, it it, it definitely throws you because I, I mean, obviously, everyone knows what beer goggles are, and to just have it so close. I mean, I I do it too, so don't feel
3: bad.
2: I love the name. I, and that's the thing. Is like, I love the name. And I did it like doing the uh, promos earlier today. And it's like, you just want to say bear and beer yeah. comes out.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. So Rob, we got you back. Cause obviously we finished up the NFL preseason and holy shit, what a preseason. So let's get started in a second. But um, yeah, we're going to obviously talk all things bears, this podcast for people who are just joining us. Also, if you want to chime in with some questions, feel free to drop them in the comments and Rob will do his best to answer everything for you. But we want to talk your predictions, what you like, what you don't like. And obviously, I just have to say, I think I speak for the entire Bears nation here. We're all drinking a Kool-Aid after a 3-0 preseason, man. I mean, I don't care if it was scrubs, whatever, third stringers. It looked like a legitimate NFL offense this this preseason, and I want to get your in, in take your takes and your insight on this because I just loved everything I saw, especially from the game on Saturday when Justin Fields, three touchdowns, 160 yards, just looked like fucking Peyton Manning lighting up the fucking shitty ass Browns.
1: <laughs> I mean, we saw everything from him. We saw a beautiful, you know, deep throw in between two guys in coverage to Ryan Griffin. We saw um, the scramble that he had to the left. Um... And his the way he looked off the defender and was able to get that first down to Dante Pettis. Uh the touch pass that he put over the top of the guy just so he could hit the running back or the was it the running back? I think it was the running back in the flat. It's just these these throws are throws that you're not gonna see from every quarterback in the NFL. One might be able to make one, one might be able to make two. He's he's looking good. And I I I don't care that, you know, Miles Garrett wasn't out there or Jadavian Clowney wasn't out there. I mean, that to me didn't make enough of a difference for me to not be this excited. I almost wore my Christmas Bears hat so I could be like Christmas came early for Chicago. <laughs> fans. Um, but I, I didn't I, I was overreacting a little too much.
2: I think we all are. I think we're all overreacting and rightfully so, because we just haven't seen Justin Fields with a competent coaching staff, you know, it's crazy what just a little bit of scheme and you know calling plays to his benefit will do to him because it looked night and day from what we've seen a lot of last year. So I and it's not just us, you know. I I was like Brian Baldinger had a big breakdown on him. Uh, RG three was uh, praising Justin Fields this morning and stuff like that. So it seems like you know just a little bit of head coaching could go a long way
1: apparently though i I didn't read it but my buddy was telling me in fact he's my co-host now um on our podcast uh that cbs did a winners and losers from this week and chicago was not mentioned at all like how do you do that i i just don't understand it the national media still doesn't give them the credit that they deserve when they deserve it but they love to bash on them all the time
2: (laughs) yeah i think it's easy for um it, it's still easy for, you know, people on the outside looking in to bash them because you look at the roster construction. And if you're not watching this team week to week, it's still easy to be like, oh, yeah, they're same old bears they are not that good. And they are weak in their you know depth, if you will. But just seeing it week by week. And it's, I know it's just preseason. And Jason, you mentioned us drinking the Kool-Aid and stuff like that. But just the play calling looks different. There's stuff that looks different between this team from last year. So yeah, I think we have a, a right a right to be optimistic.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just look at it, watching that game. You see, bust bustin. <laughs> Justin Fields running out on the bootlegs, you know, just in hitting the hitting the stride, man. That's stuff like that, which was just wasn't well well executed last or under Nagy at all, in general, under even under Mitch. But even take away last year as well. That's just night and day difference. The offensive line is still an issue. I mean, Monty had some pretty decent runs. A couple of those, I think got called back by penalty, but um, yeah, Rob, I saw you tweeted out that,
1: that right side of the line is still a big old boo-boo. Yeah. I, you know, it's tough because Tevin Jenkins, this is his second game ever playing at right guard. I think he mentioned he did play a little bit his freshman year. Um, before getting bumped out to uh, right tackle, but this is a team that you we're going to have to go through the growing pains. But what I love about it is you're seeing the discipline and the discipline to me is what is setting this team apart from what you would see out of like a Detroit lions team. Like how many times did we see it? Jeff Schwartz led Lions team. They had so much talent at times, and they just were trash because they weren't undisciplined. Unsportsmanlike conduct penalties and just stupid bonehead plays. We've seen it here in Chicago. I mean, it's, you know, Matt Nagy wanted to be everybody's best friend instead of, you know, making sure his guys were doing what they needed to do. And obviously his play calling is trash also. And that that's what's, you're, you know, you're, you mentioned that we're seeing something different with this team and we are because you, you didn't see the play action passes or the naked bootlegs and uh, even just like crossing routes where guys are at different depths instead of running over each other. I mean, it's night and day different. And I don't even understand how Matt Nagy still has a job in the NFL. (laughs) I think, I don't, I think everyone questions that. I
0: mean, but I mean, sorry for to pat Mahomes, like rest in peace, dude. Like I hope, He's gonna Nagy's gonna drag him down to the depths of hell now. Um so I think the one thing, and we we nag on Peter all the time. I think that this is gonna be a tight end first, a tight end <laughs> focused offense now, you know. And I think I mean you saw the you know the the two touchdowns were tight ends. I mean, and Cole Komet looked pretty damn good on that third one. And I'm just waiting for Peter to
2: Admit he was wrong on on this. We're not ten minutes in. And <laughs> I thought we were gonna save this for the end of the show. You know, I I, I can't have me and Rob going back and forth for forty minutes on Cole Comet. I want to be wrong. Let's get this out of the way. I want to be wrong about Cole Comet. And what we've seen this preseason shows me that possibly I'm wrong. But like we said, it's still the preseason. Like last year, we I we all had high expectations for him, and the fact that he was losing snaps to you know the third string tight end fourth street tight end he couldn't beat jimmy graham like 40 year old jimmy graham um for his job um it was just frustrating to watch obviously this preseason has been a lot different and i've been getting (laughs) tweets from rob every every step of the way and um but yeah it seems like obviously i don't even want to mention mike martz and 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 the Bonehead that he like tight ends don't work in his system and stuff like that. In this day and age, tight ends work in the NFL. We've we've seen it with all the successful teams. Um, yeah, I want to see met be awesome, and hopefully, I'm wrong. But yeah, I, I'm drinking the Bears Kool Aid so far. I'm not ready to say Comet. Johnny. You might have drafted him like fifth overall in yesterday's um fantasy draft. I'm not. I'm not there yet.
3: Well, I've been hearing this from a lot of other people too. That he, that he's going to be, you know. Other than Mooney, he's probably going to be the second in in, uh, in receiving yards uh, with the Bears, so that's why I decided to go pick him. And obviously, we've been talking about it right now with the way that they've been coached um, in these three games. Obviously, yes, it's preseason, but it's different. It's a d- different look that I think we all and obviously the expectations and all with the Bears is you know I know we're going to talk about it a little bit, but you know it seems like it's in the right you know progression it just seems like it's just a different feel like they're just more disciplined. I think we were talking about it earlier. Like they didn't have any bonehead penalties at all. Um, you know when Justin Fields got you know got hit um all the offensive line came in and helped them. You know, I mean it, it's stuff like that is that last year you had you know what's his name um I can't Jermaine think of the Fetty. lineman Jeremy yeah. yeah yeah he's yeah. all pushing like a Jenkins and then like all of a sudden you see all the office offensive linemen come and help, you know, I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. I mean, that's what, you know, offensive line they're, they're working together to help obviously, you know, become a team, a a better team. And right now I, you know, I love seeing what I'm seeing. That's why, you know, with co-commit, I know, you know, Peter, you don't want to, you know, we don't want to sound like a broken record here, but you know, we want to see the progression of him because obviously, you know, he was a good tight end in, in Notre Dame and we want to have a good tight end. Like we, you know, obviously we had great Holson, and that, you know, we talk about Mike Martz there, but I mean, hopefully he does. He does develop a lot better. And with this coaching staff, um, I'm all, I'm all for it.
1: <laughs> I, I'm glad. I thought we were going to kind of save it towards the end too. I didn't think it would come up in the first <laughs> 10 minutes, but. Um, no, I was waiting. I mean, I, I just, no, I was waiting. I was waiting get it. I, just, yeah. I, I, you know, I have talked to you guys a couple times about it, like he's not going to be Travis Kelsey. Right. But we can still have high expectations of what he can be. And not everybody has to be Travis Kelsey as a tight end. Like you just don't have to be, nobody has to be, not everybody has to be Tony Gonzalez as a tight end or Antonio Gates. Like um, I, I think, you know, uh, a lot of people mm-hmm. like to compare him to um, uh, Rudolph out of, you know, he used to be with Minnesota um, I, that was where I was at with him. I honestly think he has the ability to be a little bit better. So I am definitely drinking the Kool-Aid. Uh, someone had commented on the bottom saying like, we have to, you know, it's a great to be as happy as we are, but we have to like, you know, keep our expectations to a, a certain point. And I completely agree with that. I just think it's the Monday after a Saturday that we saw probably the best offensive play like progression that we have seen in at least 10 years.
0: Like what was the last time we ever, what was the last time we went undefeated in the preseason? I mean, it's got like n- 70s 1994
1: or? and they made the playoff like, 94. Oh man. That's, was that the, was that the first year of one I believe it was.
3: I remember Eric Kramer was the quarterback.
1: I, yeah, I think that's correct. Yep.
0: Oh, that was, that's, that was all downhill from there. <laughs> yeah,
3: I was
1: only—I mean, I'm—I'm I'm old, but I was only eight, nine. I was only nine at the time, so I don't really remember that that much. But
3: yeah, know. I remember they—they—they they, they did like they beat the Vikings uh, at Minnesota, but they—they they got killed by uh, by San Francisco. I think we actually um, won the Super Bowl. I think that's when they had uh, Steve Young at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Um.
0: So before we move on to other bear stuff here, what else in the preseason did you see that you that really stood out to you?
1: So one thing um, we've talked about on our podcast, and I've heard, um, I believe it was Mike Tice, not sorry, not Mike Tice, his son Nate Tice, who brought it up on the Hogan Johns podcast. Um, they interviewed him, and one of the things that we're seeing, and we've seen it now twice, is. And this is, these are the little things. Like, I know this seems like ridiculous that I'm bringing this up as exciting as Saturday was, but the fact that he was able to get another cadence offside penalty yeah, was huge. And from what I'm understanding is these are things that they've been working on, these little details. And that's what I love because you see these details working everywhere, not just with Justin Fields, whose mechanics, by the way, I mean, they worked on his mechanics. They got him stepping with his left foot versus his right. You don't see him making that mistake. Like, it's already, like, his muscle memory is there. Um, but it's it's everywhere. You see with the offensive line. When was the last time we saw a screenplay work? I mean, I can't imagine – maybe maybe I can count on both hands out of the four years that we saw a screenplay work under Matt Nagy. And I hate bringing Nagy up because we're in a new regime, but it's really easy to do that comparison right now. And the – the blocking that takes place between not just the offensive lineman, but you see it with wide receivers too. I mean, these receivers are buying in to this whole system that Matt Eberflus is putting in. And I have to admit, I was not high on Eberflus, so I'm I'm going to have to eat crow when it comes to him. Kind of like you're eating crow, Peter, with <laughs> Cole <from> Matt
0: <laughs> Yeah, I and honestly I don't think we've seen a screen pass work since the Lovey Smith era. So but- it's.
2: I was going to say, Matt Nagy and Mark Tressman didn't know how to work screen pass. Uh, we yeah. saw it all the time in the Tressman era, too. He would call them, you know, three times in a row going backwards 30 yards.
0: Yeah. Every every screen pass was minus three yards. Like, dude, what are you doing, man? And yeah. then like, you get the one that works and then let's, let's run it again 17 more times. Um, yeah. Rob, I mean, met,
2: sorry. Rob, go, you go mentioned ahead. the cadence stuff, and that was something I had heard on the radio too. That like uh, Luke Getzey and, and Justin Fields are doing, you know, meetings just on the cadence and stuff like that. And somebody had mentioned how um, obviously that's a big thing that Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers gets people offside all the time. So if we could just gleam a little bit of what Luke Getsey and Aaron Rodgers worked on, and we we've, we've been seeing it a little bit with the rollout rollouts too. Um, I feel like um, it's a, obviously a step in the right direction.
1: Yeah. You, you know, we, we touched on the right side of the offensive line. I'll just group the whole line together. I am hoping that once Lucas Patrick is back um, that kind of stabilizes it a little bit more. Um, I will give Sam Muster for credit. He does look a little bit more improved this year. Um, but I also think that the scheme is a big change as well. And you're going to see, you know, even with the right side struggling, like they bounced back pretty quickly and they were making some key blocks, uh, especially in, on some of those runs. And, you know, David Montgomery's vision is unbelievable. So some of those runs that weren't going anywhere, he still turned into, you know, positive yards, but I don't, I, I don't I don't know how to like not be excited right now. I'm, I'm trying to hold it back and it, it's really hard. <laughs> also shout
0: out for you. That's an awesome shirt you got there.
1: Yeah. So this is actually a shirt I got for my dad. Um, rest in peace to him. But, um, they, I don't, I don't know if like season ticket holders got it or if he knew someone that was at the the charity event, but unfortunately he didn't get to go and didn't get to meet anybody. But, um, I absolutely love this shirt. It's usually my undershirt actually, (laughs) but, uh, I thought I I haven't worn it yet in a podcast and I was like, I'm going to throw this one out there. Yeah. Very
0: cool. Very cool. Um, Okay, so the last time we had you on was right after the NFL draft, and we wanted to talk about all the picks and everything. So we went through the whole mini-camp, training camp, preseason. Which rookies have really stood out to you from the draft class since we last talked?
1: I mean, right now, Ryan Poles is looking like a genius. Uh, (laughs) Despite
0: all his fumbles in the beginning of this (laughs) offseason.
1: Yeah, I mean, I... I was harsh on him at certain things, too, and I i don't know if you guys recall, but Ryan Poles was the GM that I wanted back in December before they hired him. Um, the, the only thing that's holding this draft class back right now is injuries because we've only seen Valus Jones in one game. We saw Kyler Gordon have some injury issues in the beginning, and he missed the first preseason game. And now we got Jaquan Brisker with a thumb, right? And there's rumors that he's going to be healthy by week one. But is he going to be the same having come off thumb surgery? Mm -hmm. Um, So right now, to me, it's just the injuries that are holding them back. If they can stay healthy, I mean, those three right there, they're already showing that they're, they're making an impression on the team. Then you got a fifth-round draft pick. Everyone wanted to talk about Larry Boren being this fifth-round draft pick, and they were ready to put him at left tackle, and then everyone was like, whoa, why are we putting a fifth-round draft pick at left tackle? What was the difference between Larry Boren and Braxton Jones? That I never really understood. (laughs) Um, Other than I've seen better play out of Braxton Jones, which is insane to me that Ryan Poles and his staff, I mean, credit again, how they found this guy. Out of the Big Sky Conference, they were a one in ten football team, and this guy who was drafted in the fifth round. Is now the starting left tackle for the Chicago Bears. Like, man, I whew, give Braxton Jones some credit. Um, Tristan Ebner has shown enough. I, I I think he's definitely worth keeping on the active roster, and not. I think if you throw him on the practice squad, you might have a problem. Um, he'll get scooped up. Yeah, I think so because of his special teams play. Like he's shown enough to be a third or fourth you know fourth running back in a system and you can contribute on special teams that right there is is enough in my opinion. Um I mean we saw uh god I can never remember his name something white get picked up by Pittsburgh you should know right isn't your wife a Pittsburgh Steelers fan
2: I should know oh, yeah no
0: Kevin White? I don't know. No, Not Kevin White, but he spelled
1: it W H Y T E. But anyway, he was a running back, seventh-round pick. They swooped him off the practice squad. I think he had one really good game. Uh, Actually, you know, contributed to some fantasy stats, but then no one actually picked him up, or people who did pick him up suffered because then he just sucked. Kareth White. Kareth White just came to me. I mean, that's a
2: poll, man. There was no way I was going to get that. (laughs) There was no way.
1: (laughs) Um, I've been thinking about it since my last podcast cause we brought it up and I just, whew, could not, could not pull it out of my head, but, um, yeah, I think he'll get scooped up. So you're going to have to keep him. The only issue is he's hurt now. And I, I haven't seen enough to determine what his actual injury is. Is he going to go on the IR with designation to return or is he going to make the 53 man roster off the bat and kick Darrington Evans off who had a decent third preseason game it's a tough call. Ryan Poles is in a tough spot for that because they are keeping that fullback position. You know, you got that extra fullback in there that, you know, you got to find a roster spot for him. So uh, who else did I mention? Dominique Robinson has shown some flashes. Uh, definitely a raw guy, but he's uh, he's definitely... Isaiah Coulter is better than Nikhil Harry. Uh, at receiving, I would probably say at this point, Yes. But Nikhil Harry's blocking, blocking, is yeah, one of the best in the NFL from a wide receiver standpoint. And I know that sounds weird, and it's not what you want. But when you're talking your fifth or sixth receiver, like I'm okay with that. And we saw what he could do in college. I mean, he can make catches, so it's just a matter of giving him an opportunity. I, I would like to see Isaiah Coulter kept on the team, but I am. Not so sure if that'll happen. I think it'll come down to what's going on with Tajay Sharp's injury.
2: So that's what I was going to ask. I know, Johnny, you mentioned um, we all expect Cole Komet to get the, you know, second most targets on the team behind uh, Mooney. Out of all these guys that that poll signed and we've seen flashes off in the preseason. You know, we saw a little bit Dante Perez, Tajay Sharp. Um, We still got who who else is the uh, Pringle? Yeah, Pringle's out there. Who, who do you expect to be the number two wide receiver on the Bears?
1: On paper, the number two wide receiver is going to be Equinemia St. Brown. But that's only because he's he fits that role. He's 6'5". He's the only guy who's over 6'2 on this team besides Nikhil Harry, who's obviously not going to be back until like week five. Um, I, He was showing a lot in camp, right? Reports were coming out he was showing a lot in camp. Uh, He didn't do much when I was there. I was only there one day, but he didn't really do much. Um, And he only has one catch for 18 yards in the preseason. So that's kind of a little disturbing, but ESB, again, wide receiver two on paper. I don't think he's going to be wide receiver two as far as like how many yards he's going to have. Ideally, I would love to see it be Valus Jones Jr. I think – He's gonna be the type of guy. Once he gets his hand on the ball, he's gonna just contribute with yak. I mean, those, Speed, yeah, yeah.
2: I'm a, I, I'm a big yak guy. Yeah, Got some yak. I think we all are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we yeah. talked about we the we yak. talked about Saint Brown uh, a week ago, right? And I said I'm not sure he's the third best Saint Brown in his family. Like, <laughs> let alone the wide receiver two on the Bears. We saw on Hard Knocks his dad still working out and stuff like that. Um How? It'll be interesting to see because Tajay Sharp had. That that week two, our preseason game two, it seemed like Tajay Sharp looked decent, and he had a little bit of a rapport with Justin Fields, so I'm interested in in him as well.
1: His injuries again are playing a problem. I've been a big. I started, I got into the writing industry through fantasy football, um, not through covering a specific team like this, and. Tajay sharp is like one of those frustrating guys. Cause he has like talent. Like I remember him coming out of college. Like he was like one of the sleepers to try and get, um,
2: Joey P had a great comment. Bears number two <laughs> receiver hasn't been cut from another team yet.
1: Hey, I mean, if it wasn't for that damn performance by Denzel Mims yesterday, uh, that could have been an option. I think he caught like 106 yards and a touchdown. And then, uh, Uh, Robert Sayla came out and said that he's one of the top six receivers on the team. So right there, I took it as, okay, he's not going anywhere unless it's a trade. And then I don't know, do you trade for the Denzel Mims? Probably not. Um, Unless you can send another seventh round pick from 2024. (laughs) But so going back. Yeah. So the, what you mentioned in the hard knocks, and I thought it was crazy how his dad, like, obviously like this Olympian, right? Mr. Olympus. Um how big he was there. And then like how small he looks as, and as an old yeah. guy, like, but like, steroids. <laughs> so, like, I, it's crazy. It's all
0: the, it's all the, it's all the old school Roids, man, where you you could get all that shit through the screening process before there was WADA and all the other hardcore testing shit. Um, yeah. I, I, you know what? I was with you when we, when we last talked about some of the free agent, um, why we're still on the market, like, at that time, I think it was Will Fuller and a couple other guys we talked about. And it looks like, for the most part, like, Poles didn't want to go with any of those guys. Like, he was like, okay, you know what? I'm sticking with my guys that I I drafted and I signed, and it's do or die with them. Um, But maybe we'll see a couple additions with, like, Joey P was saying, like, maybe we'll get a surprise cut or something, and that'll be a good compliment to Mooney. But uh, I think what we think, like, Jones is going to start in the slot for the time being. He'll be the number three.
1: That's my thought if he's healthy. Yeah, that'll be those three. Byron Pringle, kind of like a 3B if he's healthy. Um, honestly, the guy I'm highest on is Dante Pettis. Um, I was high on him before he even took a snap for Chicago. I liked him more than Tajay Sharp. His uh, projections coming out of college were much higher than, than Tajay Sharp. He's also been a guy who's just dealt with injuries, and if he can stay healthy, I, would, I think he has a good chance of being, you know, as good, if not pushing Byron Pringle to be that third or fourth receiver. It, the thing with getting guys off the, you know, the the cut, you know, through the waiver wire. There's not going to be that many options. Yeah. Like Darius Slayton might be cut they're saying but even they're talking like they'll take a a seventh round draft pick for him like it's hard to imagine them wanting to bring someone in who's going to make a difference who hasn't already been there and like had been a part of the system because unless they've worked with one of the other coaches before if that was the case, and one of those guys had worked with one of the coaches before, like ESB, right? No one thought ESB was going to be anything at this point. I had him not even making the roster to begin this year, and now he's the wide receiver too. Um, but he has a connection to Luke Getzey, so if you have a coach connection, you might, you know, that might sway them to bring someone in at the wide receiver position. I, I honestly think if they're going to bring someone in from a waiver wire standpoint, or if they clear waivers and bring them in later, it'll more be on. The offensive or defensive tackle.
0: I just want to do a quick segue. I'm as much as we talk shit about the Bears wide receiving core, god forbid we we had the Giants receiving core because like all those guys look like just god awful. Kenny Galloway doesn't even want to fucking block so anyone.
2: That was <laughs> one of my that was that was something I had written down. Is I thought for sure Kenny Galloway was gonna be, you know, top 20 receiver, and he's just been bad on the giants, you think a
1: change of scenery, you know, might help him? I think the only thing that's going to help him is recovering from his hamstring. (laughs) Um, it seems like ever since he had his hamstring injury, it's just been downhill for him. He can't, he's not as explosive. Um, it's a crazy thing. I don't know how bad it really is, but, um, he's an NIU alum, so I'm always going to support him. And, uh, I honestly wanted him here in Chicago last year. So, <laughs> yeah, but Galloway, like Darius Slayton, he's mentioned
0: being on the trade block. Yep. Sterling Shepard, he's just a walking hamstring injury, too. Like, yeah, I'm just, I guess, guess I'm happy that we're not the Giants receiving court. That was, that was my only. I mean, for Bears.
1: where is Mike Martz on the Giants offense, right? Like, you want to talk <laughs> about a bad offense. And yeah. by the way, compare this roster to the 2017 Bears roster, and it's night and day are better just because of Justin Fields. So,
0: yeah. Um, so before we talk about uh, season predictions and what we're all thinking this year, um, obviously the cuts are tomorrow. And by the time we, you know, drop this, people start listening. There might be already announced cuts, but do you have any guys that are on the roster bubble for you that may or
1: may not make it? Um. So- So if anyone wants to go read my full 53 man projection, they can on bear goggles on it's out there. Uh, I published it two days ago. Um, I did get talked into keeping DeMarcus Gates though on my podcast the other day, um, over Mario Edwards. So there's a guy right there that is a name that I definitely think could be on the bubble and could be cut is Mario Edwards. Um, Duke Shelley is a guy I don't think is making this roster. If he makes this roster, I'll be very surprised. Uh, you, give me a, some names of who you guys are thinking could make the team, and I'll tell you if I think they they won't. <laughs>
2: so.
1: do you have any? <laughs> no, I no. do. I
2: I don't have any names that are on the bubble. Okay. But well, I change. did have I did have a question um, regarding Tevin Jenkins because okay. he had a weird preseason to start with. And now it finally seems like he's being acclimated back to the line. And then these random reports started coming on again today with Daniel Greenberg and then Ian Rappaport going on about the possibility of the Bears still shopping him. Like, so my question was going to be like, is Tevin Jenkins going to be a part of this O line this year?
1: So I'll admit, I have not seen the reports from today. Um, I worked uh, my regular job and then went straight to soccer practice and didn't get home until seven o'clock and now I'm on a bum ankle. Uh, do not play soccer against uh 10 and 11 year olds when you're almost, you know, when you're in your mid to late forties or thirties. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I just call bullshit. I don't know. It, to me, I just, I don't see what the Chicago bears would gain from trading him at this point. Mm-hmm. And, I would not get rid of him for anything more than anything less than a fourth round pick. And I don't see another team offering a fourth round pick for him. Uh, They, they might be taking calls. They might be maybe shopping him player for player. I could maybe see if they think they're, they could upgrade somewhere else, but, and and I'm sure the conspiracy theorists out there saying, well, Ryan Poles, uh, they wanted to put him in at right guard just to like, you know, put him out there so people can see what he can do. And this is their way of shopping him to the the other 31 teams, but he looked better than Michael Schofield. So how at this point can you get rid of a second round draft pick that's only coming into year two and, and try to say that you're not looking for uh, ways to let Justin Fields fail. I I just don't see it.
0: Yeah. I I feel like there's more to that story than just, like, oh, we don't think he can perform. It had to be something behind the scenes with him clashing with the coaches or something because you can't just give up on a second-round pick that quickly with, with the new regime. And when you see, like, just mini camp or training camp, like, that just seems very odd that they would be like, oh, we see a limited amount of him. Like, okay, we, we're on a kind of chopping block now. Like, I don't know, something more to it to, behind the scenes, in my opinion.
2: And it was just a weird off season for him, you know? Like, at the beginning of the preseason, it just, like, you know, He's holding out. He's not with the team. He's they were really vague about everything. It, it just seemed weird. Do you have anything else to that that like we well, might not know?
1: I know there's reports that him and Chris Morgan, the offensive line coach, have not gotten along. Um, you know, and then there's the reports of is, is Tevin Jenkins mentally capable of handling the NFL. Uh maybe this coaching staff is just not, you know, maybe he needs a Matt Nagy type coaching staff, one that's not. <clears throat> focused on the discipline and focused on the, you know, making sure you're getting into the details so that you're not making mistakes on game day. And, you know, some people say he just wants to play video games all day. I don't know enough. Like I don't have an insider that can give me that information or that would give me that information if, even if they had it at this point, but it just, even if there was an issue, these are grown ass men, right? Like you got to put this team above yourself. And, you know, let's say one of us had an issue with each other right now. Like we, if we were to try to continue the show, like it would be awkward, but we're grown ass men. We would get through it, right? Like just, you'd have a conversation maybe afterwards, work it out. I just don't, from a football operation standpoint, (laughs) it just doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Yeah, no. And, I think he's he'll be the starter and I think you keep him. I don't think there's any reason why you said you don't trade him unless you're getting a high round pick for him or high, you know, high draft pick for him. I think that's just ass to get cup bait that quickly. I mean, it's not like we've seen him play and we know that he's Charles Little Jr. Or, you know. I actually Little Jr was
1: he ended so up he, being soon, as uh, soon as he left uh, the
0: Bears yeah, as soon as he left the Bears I like think he was still you know, 50-50. 50-50 He's on that one. He's
1: not Mark Colombo. There,
3: you, there go. you go. There, that's a good. That's a good. <laughs> oh man. Right there. Blast from the past.
0: <laughs> yeah, Colombo. Colombo. Um. Okay, so let's. So with the tr- Tevin Jenkins trade talk, let's segue to now to the regular season and the other big story of the trade talk was with obviously with Roquan. They were, you know, going back and forth, and Roquan was, you know, puffing his chest out and saying, "Trade me," and blah blah blah. Everyone knows the story. It's old. Seems like he's. They resigned to the fact that he's going to play out his one-year deal. Is there, in your opinion, is there any way to, you know, fix this? Or it can, can we sign him to a long-term deal? Or is it pretty much like he feels slighted by the Bears and Poles, and he just wants to cash in next season?
1: There, there's definitely a path to him being here in 2023, and that path is the Chicago Bears hold all the cards. They have no one else worth franchise tagging next year other than maybe David Montgomery. So if he wants to hold out and not play on the tag, I mean, that's his choice obviously, but he even made a comment when someone asked him about it and they told him it was about double what he's making now. And he said, that sounds pretty good to him. So uh, I think, I think there's definitely a path back to him being here in 2023. I think he tried to put all of his cards onto the table, like way too soon. And, the bears have all the leverage he's under contract this year could be franchise tag next year, technically could be franchise tagged again in 2024. Right. Like, but
2: he'd be getting paid like a QE at that point. Right. Well,
1: it's based off of the top five, you know, players or salary of that position. And you're not going to see many linebackers at this point getting paid above what, you know, Shaq Darius, Shaq Leonard, Shaquille Leonard, and, uh, Fred Warner are going to be making outside of Roquan Smith. I mean, in my opinion, you got Levante David or, or not David, the other guy out of Tampa Bay, uh, white, I guess some people think is deserving of it as well. I don't know, but it's, it's not going to be that, that franchise tag number is going to be so much lower than like, say your wide receiver position, uh, which that at that point, that'll be Darnell Mooney possibly and his contract negotiation come 2024. So, there's, there's a lot to work with, though. Money talks, and if Ryan Poles thinks he's worth it, he's going to give him the money, and he's probably going to take it. I don't think it's going to be one of those things where he's going to hold a grudge. So do you have any knowledge about what this contract what, that they offered was? Because
0: Pulse came out and said that they offered him a record-breaking you know, deal, and people weren't really sure. If it, are we talking about guaranteed money? Or are we talking
2: I think a lot average? of it had to do with the de-escalators, right? The escalators oh. that like nobody else had.
1: So like, rumors, within. yeah. So rumors are that it was a ninety-five million dollar contract, which is not record-setting, by the way. It's close. for for what four years? Uh, five. 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 It was five nine
2: five ninety-five, and it was yeah. on par with the other linebackers in the league, right? Yeah, like it
1: was. It was Barry actually Leonard and and. It was just. It, it was in between Fred Warner and. Uh, Darius, Shaquille Leonard, which is actually where I think it should be. Um, the 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 downfall. So I, it could be that the record setting part was the guaranteed money because that was never reported, and I have not heard or seen any leaks from that. Um, what it what it was was these deescalators, and I have a problem with that too, because you know, there's no reason to me why you should be putting something in the contract that says well, if you don't perform at this level, we can take money back or your, your money is going to be reduced. Um, in my opinion, and I come from a, a spouse of a teacher who is all about rewarding versus uh, punishment. And if if you wanted to get to that point, then you put him at a little bit lower and then you give him a $10 million incentive where every two years he can earn another two or every year he can earn an extra 2 million you know, to get him above where... Shaq Leonard is at this point and he would be the highest paid linebacker. But incentivize him. Don't don't penalize him. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it seemed like he just got too cute with it. And especially like I don't know, we had the comment of like somebody needs an agent and stuff like that. But like yeah, if that, he's got I, those de escalators that like no one else has, um, then I could see why he felt disrespected.
1: Yeah, I don't know if disrespect I mean he felt disrespected, but right. that's just I mean if you think about it from a business standpoint, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. You're talking a guy coming into a new system. You don't know how he's going to play. What if he does suck? Or what if he's one of those guys that gets paid and then just decides not to, to focus? I mean, yeah, I'm not going to get political, but we saw the guy partying with porn stars in the middle of a pandemic when other guys were like, you know, are you going to even be able to play football that year? So he doesn't always make the best choices.
2: Who are we well, yeah. to judge somebody partying with porn stars?
1: Uh, yeah, let
3: I'm, me let I'm, me ask you. I'm, I'm married,
2: so no, no. I...
3: <laughs> let me ask you a question though. Do you would you lose sleep if it just ends up where just it's not gonna work? or, or are Smith, like it just it, it you know I, to me. It's not like losing Urlacher. You know what I'm saying? Like it just doesn't seem like where I'm just gonna be like, oh crap like obviously i love rocon I, I hope he stays i mean he just has that you know that linebacker mentality of, of the bears and all that but um i mean i don't know if it's just something like you know if, if it doesn't work out i'm gonna be like oh you know it, you know if we gotta move on we gotta move on i mean that it just that's the way it is
1: yeah i i'm shaking my head obviously as you're speaking and i agree with you i honestly in, in today's football i wouldn't even care if it was erlacher um you're talking an off-the-ball linebacker who, you know, Erlacher's a Hall of Famer, and he was able to make an impact in other ways. Where Roquan Smith has, you know, he's got to show us he can get these takeaways. I think that's where where he is lacking compared to some of the other linebackers in the NFL. But I would rather invest that money into Justin Fields than a wide receiver. Like, it, it, it wouldn't bother me one bit if Roquan Smith wasn't on this team. Linebacker is the running back position of the defense and the easiest to find somebody to fill in.
0: Yeah. And I think like we were mentioned with him not having an agent, that's also a detriment because you go in there when you're negotiating and you hear the compliment sandwich of here's what you did good. And here's what you suck at. And here's what you, but here's what you do good. And then you kind of feel like, oh damn man, like that's what you really think about me. Like that's what the agent's supposed to do is like, You know, do the spin between, yeah, exactly. That's why I mean, hey, he doesn't want to pay the three percent commission or whatever it is nowadays that agents take. Fine, you know, I mean, I mean, we all know Chicago or Illinois taxes suck, so I mean, trying to save a little (laughs) extra money on that, but I mean, you you need that buffer though, you need that agent that can kind of cushion the blow and like take the full force of any negativity that comes your way. So we'll see what happens, but yeah, I mean. He, like you said, he, Bears hold all the cards. They can tag them next year, and you're stuck. Pretty much it. <laughs> all right, uh, let's go, let's talk about predictions for the season this year because um, we all thought that the Bears were. I think they were projected to win over five and a half games. The old runner was five and a half games.
2: So that's one of the, one of the things I wanted to mention is apparently, and I heard it on ESPN Radio too. There's some books that still had it at five and a half. I looked today, it's nowhere to be found. Five and a half. The over, o, over, under win total is six and a half. And spoil, spoiler alert, I'm drinking the Kool Aid. If, if you could find it at six and a half, it's plus
1: 150.
2: I'm down for a bears more than seven wins or, or seven wins at least.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so I actually looked at it and I bet on that prior to. The third preseason game, because obviously I'm sure that swayed some some of the the sports books. Uh the the main ones that I use did not have it at five and a half, but I also did here. so it it was originally set at six and a half and then mm-hmm. it dropped to five and a half and based off of how guy people, you know, people were betting on it. Um and then it got bumped back up to six and a half. I wish I was. Smart enough to jump on it when it was at five and a half
2: immediately. I would have done it immediately.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know what I was thinking. I'm not a big gambler, um, but I did bet on them this year and I bet on preseason game, which was really rough,
3: really <laughs> that's
1: rough. <wild>. Ending. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a bold, that's a bold take, man. Yeah. I thank God for, for Greg Strowman. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. So Peter, pull up the schedule here. Let's, let's see here because I mean, now we got to kind of look at some of these teams and maybe originally thought that the Bears were gonna get blown out by them. I think San Francisco's a win, in my opinion. I'm taking I'm taking San Francisco as a win. I'm taking loss at Green Bay. I'm taking win at Texans, win at Giants. Uh what is it? Week five that's that's at Minnesota. I'm gonna take it's a loss. I can say we can beat Washington. We'll lose against Philly or I'm sorry Patriots. New yeah, New England and Dallas. Miami, that could be a toss-up. Maybe I could see that. I mean, they are home, but we all know how they play against Miami. It just never goes the fucking way we planned. Lions, we should beat. Falcons, Jets. I mean, that, I could see easily 10 wins here.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. Hold on. I thought you were the most negative Whoa. out of all of us. Whoa. Now <laughs> I'm going to give myself a pat on the back, because even when this schedule first came out and we did the bum cast, I was like, this is a crazy easy schedule, even for the Bears and their roster and, you know, coming off of Matt Nagy. Like we thought, man, like they're a really, you know, bottom three team in the league. And then slowly but surely, you know, you see the hires, you see the signings and now the preseason. And now you keep looking at this schedule. I'm just saying, like, I, I don't have it at 10 wins. I have it at nine and eight. But yeah, and that's, could, I, that's realistically at, at my hands Sorry, eight. Yeah, so like even if they win, I'm just saying even if they win seven, seven, seven games, that's still above their projected. You know, that's still plus one fifty.
0: Joey P, hopeless pessimist, taking the under. Man, all right. So Joey. Joe, Joe, Joe didn't watch any piece any preseason.
3: All right. Well, I think last year I was uh, I went a little overboard on the on the record or prediction and all that, but I'm gonna be. I I still think they're gonna win six games, um, but. Uh, a lot of these games, like you know, the Commanders, I have them at a loss. Uh, New England, I have a loss. Um, one of the Lions games, I have a loss. You know, you never know in any given Sunday. Like anybody could win, and we've seen crazy, crazy games before where you know, things weird things happen. So um, I'm going six and eleven, but I I feel like there's some games that um, could could go either way. Like I. I You know, it's all about like this whole (laughs) the whole preseason. I mean, everybody's like on board or excited. You know, three and all, you know, Super Bowl preseason champs and all that. And it is an easy schedule. I mean, it's not. You know, we're you know we were getting. I don't know what was it last year where we getting like the Saints and like Tampa Bay and it was just like you know five games the the five weeks the
0: five weeks of death yeah yeah
3: exactly so I mean there's a lot of easy games I'm not saying every game's easy but there's some games that is winnable Uh, but I am gonna go six and eleven in here it just uh, I'll here the whole thing is is that. If if it's anything what we're seeing with the preseason and the the way that they're playing, um, just everything about how, how they're how they've been playing. If we see that in the season and I see the progression, I'll be happy. Regardless if we're six and eleven, if I see their progression and then we're going into next season with all that cap uh, cap space, I mean I'll I'll be way more excited than obviously with the shit show that we had to deal with the past uh, couple years with Nagy.
2: Yeah, so before we get Rob's prediction, I do want to mention cuz he met you mentioned it earlier about the lack of penalties under Eberflus and I know it's just preseason, but that has that goes a long way with you not beating yourself, you know. And you look at the schedule and you know, teams like the Lions and teams like the Giants and and the Commanders and stuff like that. The Jets, like those are teams that a lot of times beat themselves. So as, as long as you play disciplined football and you you know, you're not beating yourself those are winnable games, and, and I know we don't have the best roster construction, and we're not deep and stuff like that. But um, I mean, if, if Getz and Iberflus are getting the best out of these guys, that's where I'm kind of drinking the Kool Aid. So I'm interested to see what what you got, Rob, because because I'm deep in it. I'm i I'm, 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 I'm believing in them, if you will.
1: So before preseason, in fact, before training camp, um, Jeremy Layton might previous co-host uh and i went through the schedule and i had them at eight wins and uh you'll see me where i'm at with it in the beginning here and i i think i now have them at nine so the preseason did sway me a little bit um i think that they're going to be in the hunt to be in the playoffs and the wild card they have no chance at winning a super bowl i'm not drinking that kool-aid no but the the coaching staff the discipline that they're able to put in you know, the no pre-snap penalty, the lack of pre-snap penalties. I think they have won on the year. Um, those types of things matter. And that, that to me is, will this carry over? Will we see it happen in 2023 and 2024? Eventually, if you're not putting stacking wins, you know, you're going to lose the locker room because they're not going to believe in the system any longer. But as long as they're able to get, you know, I think – six wins is, is, uh, and you see progression. I think you hit it on the head right there is like, that's, that's fine. But I think three wins, I think that's, you know, going to be a defeating season no matter how Justin Fields looks, no matter how the offense looks. And cause winning is contagious. Losing is contagious. Um, yeah, it's, Again, I think at that point, then Matt Eberflus might have some problems. He's not going to be in the hot seat or anything, but he might have some problems come 2023 uh, and then 2024. Uh, I have them beating San Francisco in week one. I've always had them beating San Francisco in week one. The only way I said that I thought they might lose is if it was Jimmy Garoppolo starting and Debo Samuel was still on the team. Uh, Debo Samuel is still on the team, but they are starting Trey Lance, and I think that's a mistake. Yeah, uh, I, 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 Trey Lance is a huge... High, high ceiling. Week one isn't going to be when you're going to see it. I think Chicago's is getting them at the perfect time. Uh, Justin Fields is a much better prospect. Uh, I don't know why anyone would have had Lance over Fields anyway coming into the draft in 2021, but that's here nor there. So week one win. By the way, that's part of my two bet parlay <laughs> with the preseason game yesterday. So I really need that to happen. I just you're parlaying, <laughs> you're Whoa. parlaying
2: preseason games now, Rob. You said yeah, yeah. I'm not that much
1: of a better. You sound like a degenerate. Yeah.
2: What are you talking about? You sound I like mean, me. You sound like a, me in my insane yeah.
1: parlays. I put a little bit of money on it to try and win a lot. So I, <laughs> you know, that's you can't win it. It, it you know, you, I put ten bucks on them winning more than six and a half games. That's only a twenty-five dollar payout. Fifteen bucks is. That's nothing. So I, I needed to do some parlaying too to try to get a, a better, you know, amount put in my pocket. So risk uh, it for the biscuit. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> all right. So, so Go ahead. One
0: thing I want to say is I think looking at the schedule, the one game I'm dreading the most is week seven against the Patriots, because all we're going to hear that week is the Mac Jones, Dick suckers. And this is fields versus Jones and Jones with Belichick and la we all heard everyone was, you know, just dick Wright and Mac Jones all last season and I just don't want to hear I hope I hope the Bears come out and stomp on their throats but I just don't want to hear the all the media leading up to it
2: yeah and I think like, that's a winnable game
1: I, I think so I, I have it as a win yeah. oh yeah so okay so I mean, I, at, I, at New England though I mean that's a little yeah doesn't matter to me I New England's not a good team anymore I yeah I, Mac Jones is, he was my QB five. I mean, he's going to be a fine quarterback, but he's not going to be anything great. And losing Tom Brady is, is going to be the detriment to Bill Belichick's greatness. Um, I think he needed him more. It looks like obviously at this point, than, uh Brady needed him. So we'll see. I don't know. I, I, I don't think that they're going to be, they have no, what do they have on offense? You want to talk about a bad offense? Look at their roster. I mean, Dante Parker or uh, Devontae Parker yeah. out of Miami. Like they traded for him. They they're that he's their wide receiver one. Sorry, I'll take Darnell Mooney. I would. Another game I'm looking forward to is week
0: eleven, because that's basically Chicago Bears South. And we get to see all of the yep. old friend alerts for in, in uh, Atlanta. So I think that's a very winnable game too in in Atlanta. I'm not I'm not worried about that one. Especially you got the you got the, the Lions, Falcons, Jets, back to back. That's that could be that could be three in a row right there.
2: I said four because of the Dolphins too. I mean, I, the Dolphins on paper have a very talented team and stuff like that. And I know right. it's it's, but we got them at home. I feel like that that part of that schedule where it's like Dolphins, Lions, Falcons, Jets, like that's where you can make make a little bit of a run, you know.
1: I I think they're gonna lose to the to the Dolphins, unfortunately. But
2: th- Tua, is th- gonna beat us.
0: Is
1: is I
2: think I think you're gonna see the
0: Tyreek effect, and he's just gonna just throw deep and get behind the get Ben second. And that's that's I hope I'm wrong, but I just feel like the last couple times we played the Dolphins, we just shoot ourselves in the foot. But again, that was with the undisciplined Nagy teams. When we have so we, as long as we don't get a million penalties, we can maybe actually win some more games. But I just feel like we always just play extra horrible football against Miami for whatever God known reasons.
3: Um, right, dating back to 85.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They always, they always curse us. I, I just can never trust. and never trust games against Miami. Um, all right. So last prediction here for you, Rob, obviously I think we're all taking green Bay, uh, to win a division. you got bears second, third? What do you got them at for in a division?
1: Yeah, I, I, i'm probably i mean it's going to be a toss-up between them and minnesota because you know they have basically the same schedule too so it's just a matter of are they at home or are they away um i probably would put minnesota second i i I think they have a a better chance of you know hitting that 10 11 wins than chicago does Uh, but again nine wins and is where I have them. And and there's a chance that that is number two in the division. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers is the only reason why I think green Bay wins the division. I don't think they have that great of a roster either. They've you know.
2: definitely taken a step down, you know, obviously losing Devonte, um, Devante. Devante. And, and just in general, they lost some O linemen. Um, I feels like they're, they're obviously still top of the class, but they're taking a step down, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, they they have some good defensive players, and I think on defense they'll be fine too. But I, you know, I I've, I've seen someone's talking about Detroit. I've seen some people throwing out Detroit being a good team, and I just don't, I don't see it. <laughs> um, so I, I think you mentioned it on your
2: podcast, and I I was talking to my wife about the same thing. We watch Hard Knocks every. I'm not sure Dan Campbell is the right guy for the job. Maybe for this year, you know, the rah rah, you know yelling and screaming and, and high-energy stuff, I feel like that wears on people pretty quickly. And I know... It's cute. He might be he, Yeah, it is. And it, it, he might be the guy before the guy. The Lions are still the lines, you know, and they're coming off of, you know, historically bad seasons and stuff like that. So maybe he gets them a little bit better, but I feel like that stuff kind of wears on people pretty quickly if you're not winning games.
1: I mean, I think they won three games last year. Right. Um, I see them, you know, they could win five. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and maybe I'm completely wrong, but I'm never gonna bet on the Lions being good until I see them consistently do it. I mean, it's worse than Chicago. And I agree with you that rah-rah stuff only gets you so far, like watching your coach doing up downs. I mean that woohoo. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I I just it's not anything that like jumps out at me if I was a player like that's not now if you want to like watch him go hit a sled maybe I don't know maybe that's a little bit more like in- exciting Um but yeah I just don't see it I don't see it at all I-, I-, I tweeted it out as soon as I watched the first episode there's nothing nothing about Dan Campbell that makes me think he's gonna lead them to anything and
0: the Lions are just the Lions it's always what it is yeah. Detroit Congrats. Detroit shout out to bob yeah. pants yeah hi, make maybe hi, next bye. time maybe next time on episode 200 of the bumcast you learn how to work your audio
2: yeah we'll have went back Ooh. on yeah
0: yeah sorry i had to that was funny
1: um all right rob before we let you go you want to go plug all your stuff here uh sure um you can find me obviously my writing is at beargoggleson.com um i have content eh, pretty much every day and a half to two days. Um, and then now I started my own podcast. Uh, it started out with the guy for the New York Post, Jeremy Layton, who unfortunately got a promotion and is no longer my podcasting host. Um, but it's kind of cool because now I'm podcasting with like basically my best friend who's my closest friend. And it's cool because we get to do it in person together. We get to hang out for an extra couple hours a week that we you know weren't getting for the longest time. So definitely excited about that. But how is huddle? Uh, everywhere that podcasts are you can find us
2: yeah youtube
1: youtube you can watch my beautiful face many many well one time a week yeah and you got the, you got the beer going now
0: man like i when you j- jumped into the, the, the stream I didn't recognize you at first so
1: I have it glasses so on. I, have, I have glasses on i don't normally wear glasses but i'm having some issue with my eye um it's really bad i can't wear my contacts right now. Um, and the facial hair is longer than it usually is. I usually have a little bit of a scruff, but I'm starting to, to, to thin out in a couple areas. So I got to let it grow out so that you don't see the, the bald spots.
0: <laughs> Getting <laughs> All right, old, well,
1: sucks. <laughs>
0: Rob, we want to thank you so much for coming on. We always love having you to talk some bears and, you know, Maybe we we'll have to have to do a midseason recap if the once the Bears start going on that winning streak on their winter 9, 10 wins.
2: We'll have Rob back on for the playoff hunt. We're, we're, uh, when, there we're we right go. there for the wild card hunt.
1: I was gonna say,
3: yeah, he's already we, growing the play. He's already growing the playoff theory. Yeah,
1: maybe we do like a multi like screen uh, simulcast of our podcast during a Bears game.
2: Oh, we could do. Yeah, I mean, we could do um, like a watch party if you yeah. if you will um yeah. that would be very very cool although
0: although the- my my is just gonna like for me it's just gonna
2: be drinking bourbon and screaming you
3: fucking idiots that's fucking true suck. yeah <laughs> it
0: would have
2: to be it would have to be you know no kids allowed because we uh watching bears games with us it's it's uh you know it's basically a tarantino film yeah. <laughs> all right
0: rob thank you so much for joining us you have a good one my man yeah thanks guys
2: yeah thank you rob hey rob
0: all right, that, that was Rob Schwartz Jr. from Bear Goggles On. And we're yeah. going to close the show, as always, with our What A Bum and MVBs. So let's get started, and let's just start bumming some people. Uh, Johnny, you want to go first today?
3: Yeah, I don't. Well, I, I didn't have an MVP uh, before, but since we, we were, we're on the subject with the Bears, is the Bears, the Bears preseason. They did a a hell of a job, and this is why we're here talking about them, drinking the Kool-Aid, and everybody's all, like, now starting to get hyped up again. We're all smiling. It's all good. Yeah, it's all good. And, obviously, we need something from you-know-what that's been a disappointment this whole uh, year. So, Um, kudos to the Bears, man, having a good preseason. Yes, I know it's preseason and all, but – we haven't seen uh, that productive Bears team in a very long time, so I think we're all excited. Um, my what a bum is the VMAs, MTV. Oh, worst.
2: Yeah, I tweeted about that last night, dude. I yeah. you guys were going back and forth last night about it, and I didn't jump in on it. Well, because it's not well, made for no, us I, anymore. I, we're
3: forty years old. What are we? No, talking no, no, about no, no. no but here, no, but here's a here's a thing. They don't play any videos on MTV. Like, that's why difficult. do you still have this award show if you guys don't even, you guys don't even show videos anymore? If anything, how about YouTube has something work with it now? Because that's all where you see all your videos. Like I, I hate MV, MTV. It It's, it hasn't been, to me, it hasn't been relevant for, for a long time. And obviously these artists, they deserve, they deserve more. Um, and yes, you still have your, you know, old school MTV awards. I I get that, but you know, they're not showing any music. Like you you have to have some other network that, that is going to show videos just like how they used to do back in the eighties and all that. I get it. Like you had, yeah, the the box. box, Yeah. Music television that you can control. So, um, but yeah, I just, I just don't, I just don't understand why they still have the VMAs when they don't show any videos on, on MTV um, at all. So, uh, and, mtv you guys are my uh what a bum
0: yeah and i 100% agree with that because it should be the youtube music awards but not only that but it's just now they have like those lifetime achievement awards in the video vanguard and they just give them for fucking ratings ploy and like the popular kid in the class contest now like they gave it to Nicki minaj what the fuck has she done like she, you drop a couple bangers but like they not used to be reserved for like the top top like acts and bands and groups and you know, Like, she's not making music videos like Madonna and Michael Jackson, and she's not dropping, like, legacy hits like Red Hot Chili Peppers or Foo Fire. Like, it's just – it's it's such a joke now that – and I think even with the – on the video – or on the movie awards side, I think they gave, like, Amy Schumer the award one time or something. Like, it's – the whole, the whole network is just a fucking joke. And, yes, I'm
2: old man shouting
0: at Cloud right now, but
3: – I mean, it's Thunder
2: the guy- rap deer deck ridiculous network right just give him all the awards he's on like 20 hours a day yeah yeah
3: it should be called rtv or something i don't know
2: um all right um i'm gonna go
0: next peter i'll let you close it out my what a bum i mean we talked all bears today but it's the white Sox. dead i mean dead. Oh. They're, they're officially done so i mean you got swept at home by the diamondbacks fucking joke the needs to get fired. Shout out to the fans. You're not my MVBs, but shout out to the fans who brought the sell the team signs. They no. they need more. We no. need to, like, sneak more of those in every game. And who cares if they get confiscated by security? Like, just keep doing it. Keep busting out them sell the team signs. Buy a sell the team shirt from the sports bums and wear that. Maybe they'll make you turn it inside out or something, but That's what we do. just we just got to keep doing it.
2: Civil unrest. We need yep. civil unrest. And I loved it. I love the sign. I love the fact that they were just moving all around the stadium and people were, you know, the 108 guys were tagging them and everyone else was like posting their pictures. That's what we need. We need to embarrass Jerry at this point because the socks are embarrassing us. We, we, we've we been talking White Socks for, you know, six months at this point and they're dead as fuck. They're just a dead team. So, it's dead man,
0: yes. man walking it's the green mile it's just you know we just got an old yeller them just end them put them out of their misery and i'm at this point i'm 50 50 on season ticket renewal until i see some actual change um but my mvb it's the fans at the nebraska northwestern game for dropping the Guinness World Record for longest cup steak, I think, ever at a at a sporting event that reached second tier. I mean, there had to be at least a thousand beers in that in that chain right there, and that's some pretty impressive. I mean, obviously you're in Dublin, you know, you, Irish are just slamming beer, and I don't know how many people made the jump across the pond to you there know. There was
2: a but, lot of North uh, Nebraska yeah. fans for sure.
0: But, I mean, even that's even more impressive. But it's it's in, you know, drunk paradise over there in Dublin. And just kudos for the, the massive cup snake that would have got shut down at
2: Comiskey, like, after, like, 10 cups. The fact that it stretched from the first level to the second level. Amazing. I, I loved yeah. every second of it. So, yeah, shout out everybody in Ireland. All right, Peter, take us home. All right, so my bum of the week, and I got a video to show you guys why he's my uh, bum of the week. It's Tom Brady. Um, I'm going to play you a clip. He's been, you know, missing in action most of the preseason. Oh, Joey Joey has credit card system was down. It was free beer for everyone. So there should be an asterisk on that Guinness Book of World Records Cup snake. I didn't know that. But that's awesome. Free beer at a football game? I'd be freaking going ham. Hell yeah. All right, my bomb is Tom Brady. He's been missing in action. Um, there was reports, rumors, uh, everything at the beginning of the preseason. Um, I had told my wife because we're both big time NFL fans. There was just like rumors. His his dad had been you know struggling with his health for a long time. People just assumed him missing preseason was part of that. It turns out that wasn't it, and then. They said marriage problems, and and Giselle was really mad that he came back. All of that is bullshit, because I'm going to show you this video, and then we're going to talk about why Tom
1: Brady was missing. It's got different situations they're dealing with, so we all have really unique challenges to our life, and, uh, you know, we're I'm 45 years old, man. There's a lot of shit going on, so, you know, you just got to try to figure out life the best you can, and, um, you know, it's a... uh, Continuous process. So, did
0: hold on a second.
2: Did Tom Brady get fucking Botox, dude? Did he get He, plastic surgery? Botox, he got he got his cheeks shaved, his his lips done, his teeth done again, dude. When he talks, his the bottom half of his face like moves in different directions. It looks like uh, he's fucking you like know, he like when you when your video game glitches and shit like that. Like, dude, he is missing in preseason. For getting cosmetic surgery and you cannot convince me otherwise I mean I'll yeah. play the video again he got like his hairline dude i'm 38 years old my hairline you know our hairline recedes in age all of a sudden this year his freaking hairline is back up to here like he got all kinds of work done I'm gonna play the video again
1: it's got different situations they're dealing with so we all have really unique challenges to our life and uh you know we're i'm 45 years old man there's a lot of shit going on so
2: you're 45 years old. This motherfucker is getting every surgery under the sun. You can't, right? Am I? Am no, I wrong that, in this? We we need to
0: tomorrow. Right. We, tomorrow we need to tweet out like a 2022 picture of him, like the press conference, and then last year's press conference after like before the season started. Because I guarantee, like, they're gonna be night and day. It's, his
2: fucking cheekbones is like up to his temples at he's this fucking, point. He's fucking Ken,
0: bro. Yeah, he's a weird.
2: He's Barbie Ken now. Like, he should be in a new movie with Margot Robbie, like.
3: He looks like a skeleton with hair. (laughs) Yes.
2: All very good points. Notorious TBG. He's been in the comments all day killing it. That's some uncanny valley shit. I agree with you. Um, But yeah, so he's my bum of the week. You can't be missing preseason for freaking plastic surgery. Sarah Drake, once again, not a good look. I agree with you. Um, And then my MVP. I mean, once again, I think I feel like at this point, every time we go to a White Sox game, we just shout out White Sox Twitter, but um, White Sox Twitter, Mom Joy, it was her last game of the season. She joined us for some whiskey at Comiskey, um, and then more friends joined us. So shout out to everyone involved. Um, the White Sox might stink, but their fans, White Sox Twitter, and everyone in general, I have been awesome all season long. So they're my MVBs. And then another shout out, Southside Behavior. We met her at our live party um during the white Sox, missy um she had a uh tiktok today um talking about Larusa and jerry and selling the team and stuff like that and she linked our t-shirts that's something she didn't have to do she went out of her way to do that for us and we appreciate it so shout out southside behavior everyone er, everyone go follow southside behavior um tiktok uh twitter everywhere uh so shout out and thank you everyone and and, and again i mean we were drinking whiskey with uh with my sock summer afterwards and stuff like that. Everyone on white Sox Twitter has been so kind to us. So awesome. So every time, uh, every time we interact, we're going to keep MV being them because it's been awesome. Yep.
0: All right. That's our show. Uh, one more quick note before we leave, since this is the bears podcast, we're starting to gonna start promoting it upcoming October 9th at Jack's place in Chicago, Ridge going to be our bears watch party versus the Minnesota Vikings. And, <laughs> Obviously, if you were there for our White Sox,
2: <laughs> what was that? Not, no, do it again! I love it.
0: <laughs> Minnesota Vikings. Um, if you were there for our White Sox watch party, you know we had it's a shit show of a good time. And this time, we're gonna have <laughs> we're gonna have a taco cart over there and um, more giveaways as well. So yeah, make sure you follow uh, Jack's Place on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter, and you keep more eyes out for details as they come up for the next month or so. And um, other than that, guys, have a hell of a week. Make sure – oh, one last final, final thing. If you are an AEW wrestling fan, make sure you come out to um, our tailgate on Sunday. We'll be there early-ish, maybe like 2 o'clock. Doors are at 5, shows at 7, but if you're going to All Out – uh, make sure you come by. We're gonna be tailganging it up. Maybe some tacos, some brats, all the good stuff, whatever. But yes, we will. It'll be a shit show in the Now Arena parking lot before All Out begins. So that's next up, up upcoming stuff.
2: I'm 100% pumped for All Out. I think um, I, I might be doing some, you know, Twitter and some fun stuff previewing it. We'll talk about this post show, but yeah, man, if, if you're going to All Out, um, come meet us up. It'll be a fun time.
0: Yes. Thank you, guys. Subscribe to our socials, buy some merch, and you guys have a great week. We love you, Billy. Yes. Yes, yes me, Bill.
2: Billy. Yep. We love you.